Today on the Kyle and Kasanoff Show, we have a full slate of college and NFL football talk. That's it. Let's get to it. All right, and welcome to today's Kyle and Kasanoff show. We were going to start with Mike McCarthy, but we record on Monday nights. It's Monday Night Football, and the biggest story might be Washington Redskins. Another week, another backup, another quarterback with a broken leg. Yeah, uh, the Washington Redskins have a tough history on Monday Night Football with broken legs. I mean, you think back to Joe Theismann, iconically, 33 years ago, back in 1985, when he famously broke his leg on Monday Night Football. Um, we think, I mean, obviously the, obviously this wasn't Monday Night Football, but just, I believe it was just two weeks ago, right? It Was was it two weeks ago, Alex Smith, when when he broke his leg, when he fractured yep. both his right, and, yeah. his right tibia and fibula? This week we have Colt McCoy fracturing, I believe, just his fibula. Um... No, really no less gruesome. I'm pretty sure uh, the video was pretty bad as well. Um, a tough exit for him. A tough exit for him. Uh, it, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad, really. He actually, he actually played a, a bunch more snaps, and then he, like, limped off the field, and then, like, only after he came out of the x-ray room where they're like, oh, yeah, actually, he broke his leg. Ooh, that's a... That's a football guy move right there. Actually, that's more of a hockey guy move. But yeah, hockey I respect guy. that of Cole McCoy. Quarterback is probably the only position that you could pull that off. Um, <laughs> but then we saw Mark Sanchez come into the game, and he was Mark Sanchez. Oh, uh, butt fumble recovery. Right, exactly. He he avenged his his butt fumble history with this recovery here. Um, we had um, and and you know in in watching this game, and the Eagles are about to pull it out. There's about a minute left. At the at the time of recording this, it's twenty eight to thirteen. I don't um, think Mark Sanchez has scored hit a touchdown has had a touchdown so far. Well, yeah, they only have they only have one touchdown so far. And that was Here's my question by, on a ninety yard run by the ageless yeah. wonder Adrian Peterson. Ready for this? Look, you had some tough trouble with your quarterbacks. Who's the obvious guy next man up that you bring in? I'm thinking Sam Bradford. You know, I mean, like we think Sam Bradford. I mean, like he'd be a good. Because I'm trying to think, because like obviously, like it's it is important who they decide to bring in because they're still in the hunt. They're six and six in the NFC East, and I don't know if they have to play the Cowboys. I'll have to, like I would have to check their schedule. Um, I believe they do. Uh, no, they don't actually. They have the Giants, the Jags, the Titans, and the Eagles. They've already played the Cowboys twice. They could win out, especially if they have a quarterback back there for they their could Eagles win out. Game. But then we look at their roster and we realize that they have basically no good players anywhere. Uh, name a receiver. Um, I know you can name the running back, but name a receiver. Terrell Pryor. Is he still on the team? No, he's not. That's a lie. I believe he's on Houston now. Actually, is that him? I don't know. There's so many Ohio State quarterbacks who play receiver now that I just kind of confuse them. Uh, I'm trying to think. No, honestly, I know without looking at, at a roster, can I name another receiver? I mean, Jordan Reed is tight end. Wide receiver? No. My answer is no. I cannot name another receiver. Yeah, me neither. Um, and that's pretty telling of this team. I, can you name anyone on the, on the defense besides Josh Norman? No. Okay, there we go. Ro- Washington Redskins have a, a a star player problem, I guess. They really just... It's would, not even a star player. Like, a Demarius Thomas would be a pleasant sight. That's just like a decent and, and player. And a name that we know. Yeah. He was at one point good. 
I mean, and obviously they have Adrian Peterson, but he's, what is he, 33 now? I hey, mean, he's not getting any younger. The man can run, given the open open space. He can still run. But, I mean, like... Full head of steam? It, it's going to be a tough task. This Dallas Cowboys team, and, like, this could be a segue into talk about last Thursday night's game. This Dallas Cowboys team is all the way back. And okay. carried on the back mm. of, of Dak and Zeke, this team can go places. Especially with that burgeoning defense. Do you actually believe in Dak Prescott? Because I do not. I believe in Dak Prescott as long as he has Ezekiel Elliott, honestly. I think with Elliott, that opens up so many opportunities for Dak Prescott. I mean, you're right. Elliott does open up so many opportunities. On his own, say Elliott gets hurt, it's over for them. I don't think Dak is anything better than an average quarterback. I think I think you're not wrong there. I think he's just good enough to be able to play well behind the offensive line and that they have, and Ezekiel Elliott. It's, I not, think, it's not his team, though. Definitely not his team. I would agree with that. Yeah. Like, he's going to he's gonna be, like, when the quarterbacks get together at, like, quarterback summer camp, which I just assume they do, they're right. all they're all going to make fun of him for, like, getting making the least money. Because I think he's going to sign, like, $18 million a year. Maybe 20 Like, not a lot. Well, I mean, obviously a lot, but, like, not a lot compared to NFL top players, where Aaron Rodgers is going to be getting 30 well, I mean, to be fair, a lot of the really good quarterbacks that we're seeing now are on are on rookie deals, much like Dak Prescott is. No, I know I that. Mean, you but look at Jared Goff, you look at Pat Mahomes, you look at Mr. Mitchell Trubisky. No, you're right, but you I'm know? I'm but I'm just saying, like generally, like those guys are all going to sign bigger deals, presumably, than Dak Prescott. Yeah, because they're much Ooh, I better players. I don't know players. about that. I don't know. I don't know about that. Honestly, if the I mean the Cowboys are seven and five, they just beat the Saints. They're I mean, they're well on their way to winning the division. They could finish, say they finish 10-6 and six and they win the division. Say they win at home in the first round of the playoffs against, I don't know, a, a, a Vikings team, a Seahawks team, a team like that. The Vikings are not making the playoffs. Either, either one of those games is winnable. I'm trying to think about the wild card teams. Now that the Panthers are 6-6, six and six, and they were the presumptive, at least I thought when they were— The Vikings are 6-5-1. and one. I would not pick them. Who to- else is going to be the wild card team besides them or the Seahawks? Uh, right, exactly. The NFC is a top-heavy league, or a, a, con- a top-heavy conference, rather. You have the Rams, you have the Saints, and you have the Bears who lost, and we'll get to them. They're 8-4. and four. Then you have a bunch of kind of mediocre teams, not going to lie. Um, the AFC this year is the best. Like, everyone thought that the, that the NFC was going to be the te- the conference to emerge as, as the Super Bowl favorite, but I I'm not so sure anymore. I think that... The competition right now in the AFC is is a lot stingier than what we're seeing over in the NFC, and and the Saints, who I thought were going to win out and go fifteen and one, all of a sudden Drew Brees has the worst game of the season, the the worst game that I've seen him play in the last two plus seasons. Um, and that defense and that Cowboys defense looked surprisingly strong. Um, but either way, it's going to be a a wild run to the finish, and I think Prescott will get his money because. He he can win them games, and he's proven that. I mean, they just went what thirteen and three two years ago. Here's, I mean, I guess my big question is, do you believe in in what they're building in Dallas? Like, do you? And what they're building is, they have a a great young defense. Leighton Vander Esch is a force at linebacker. Yeah. Uh, The trade for Amari Cooper is going to be a huge difference maker, especially down the stretch on a team that really didn't have any great receivers before that. Yep. Um, You have Ezekiel Elliott, a top three running back in all in all of football. And you have a top three offensive line. That's that is a team that is built to last, especially as we head in, into January. Yeah, but here's here's what I don't like. I don't like the coaching. I don't think that they have a. I don't think that Jason Garrett is a Super Bowl winning coach. 
And I think that what I think is questionable coaching combined with average quarterback is not going to be a Super Bowl winning team. Well, I don't think that they're going to win the Super Bowl this year. Yeah, but, but I, I think don't... that they can at least go. I think that this team could hypothetically surprise people and make it to the NFC Championship. I think that they they could upset a Rams or a Saints as they proved on Thursday night. They could upset one of those two teams. Right now, they would be playing the Seahawks in the first round. Yeah, that's a winnable game. Russell Wilson is all the Seahawks have. If, if he's not Superman, they lose. I agree. That's a winnable game. Also, I'm looking at the playoff picture on NFL.com, and the Steelers are put in the fourth seed at 7-4-1, and, and the Chargers are put in the fifth seed at 9-3. and three. All right, segue into the Sunday night game. Well, no, but can you just explain that to me? This, not only have the Steelers beaten, I mean, lost to the Chargers, the Chargers have two more wins than them. But the Chiefs are ahead of the Chargers. And the first four seeds in the in the playoffs are reserved for the four division winners. Yeah. Okay. So the Chargers pretty much have that fifth seed locked up, that first wild card. Yeah. But they could hypothetically, because they do have to play the Chiefs again, they could beat the Chiefs and make it in. As I would, the, I would as put the one them or the as two seed in the hunt. In the hunt, they're locked. I say they're locked into the playoffs. Knock on wood, because I want to see the Chargers in the playoffs. I agree. No, I agree. They're going to locked make into the, the playoffs, but they're in the hunt for a bye, realistically. Here's the question. Before this Sunday, when was the last time we actually watched a Chargers game? Um, aside from <coughs> quick quick, <coughs> quick snaps on like red zone, never. I don't think I've ever seen a, actually seen a Chargers game. The Patriots haven't played them in a while, and obviously that's what I usually watch. So, for, I mean, like, and I don't go out of my way to like Reddit stream a, a Chargers game, usually. <laughs> I mean, like, the Chargers are a fun team to watch. And again, they're my Super Bowl pick. Well, okay, but so I, I guess I'm bringing this up because I, I watched some of the game and I'm just reminded of how weird. Philip Rivers, Rivers did give the interview where he he reminded everyone that they he knew the exact date that the Chargers were last on Sunday Night Football, and it was in 2014. So that's a lot. That's a long time. No, no. What I'm just reminded of is the fact that Philip Rivers throws the ball so weirdly. Yep. Yeah. He, he somehow gets the ball 50 yards down the field, <laughs> throwing. With his arm like yeah, he's pinned, like pinned to his side essentially. Like like he gets no like he has no radius. I guess he has like an elastic band like tied to his shoulder Just and to his wrist. It off. And he like he goes like it's he throws like, kind of like Chris Sale pitches a pitches a baseball. And I mean like. It's worked for him for 15 years. And but it's actually just wild because on every play, I was like, this guy's going to get taken down. He's not going to get the ball through. But then I'm thinking, or he's like, going to throw his arm out. Uh, but then I'm thinking, like, it's Philip Rivers. Like, I know that he's probably going to do something good. Right. And I just I just forgot. It also helps that he's, like, the biggest guy on the field. So, like, <laughs> that usually helps durability-wise. Hey, that did not help for Brock Osweiler. This is true. This is true. Literally the biggest guy on the field. Um, but back to what you were saying about, the, about washing the Chargers. Yeah, the Chargers are 9-3. and three. That was their first primetime game of this season, being 9-3, and three, which is surprising. And they weren't even supposed to be on primetime until about two weeks ago when, it, when they were flexed into it. Granted, they do have two primetime games to um, finish out the season. They, uh, they have Kansas City on a Thursday, and they have Baltimore on a Saturday, week 16. Those, it's almost Saturday night football season. Um, but yeah, and it, it really it helps. I feel like... It helps to have fans when you are hoping to play in prime time. <laughs> Usually, like teams who who generate higher ratings, i.e., the Eagles or the Redskins, who who both play tonight, and um, 
it usually helps when teams like that play because they have fans. That's why you don't see the Bengals really. You don't see the Titans until you know Can this Thursday. Can I tell Thursday. you this, by the way? Yeah. If we're talking about ratings, Boston, not a Boston town. It's an NFL town. I was I saw a tweet earlier today, basically saying that like local Boston R- games. You're right. Boston's not an NFL town. Foxborough is an NFL. No, town. no, no, no. Wink, wink. No, no. That's not what I'm. No, I said Boston is an NFL town. Yeah. Like neutral site NFL games are getting better ratings in Boston. You said Boston like, is not a Boston town; it is an NFL town. Those are your words. Yeah, that, those I, are my I, words. I was a little confused. Yeah, so like neutral site NFL games, like for example, Chargers Steelers on Sunday Night Football, are getting vastly better ratings than like. What do you mean neutral site? Meaning not Boston. So it's, neutral site is a poor is a poor description of that game. That's what the, it was not played in a neutral. That's site. what the tweet said. Neutral to Boston. Sure. What it it basically said that like they're out doing outperforming like the Celtics and the Bruins and even the Red Sox sometimes. Well, on, I mean, yeah, that's just, that's, just, that's just football. Yeah. That isn't really a hot take. Whoever tweeted that, props on you, man. I'm sure. I'm sure it was. I'm sure it did outdraw whoever the Bruins played on Sunday night. Like if they did play at all. I, th- I think it was comparing national audiences though. <laughs> to when the Bruins play on on NBC is what you're saying. I, it was, yeah, it I was mean, again, the again, again, obviously, like <laughs> I should have pinned it. A Tuesday night Bruins game or a Tuesday night Celtics game, like obviously, that, obviously, that's going to draw less than Sunday night football, like you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, the Chargers, like again, again, they're my Super Bowl pick. That was a wild game. Like talking about the actual game on Sunday night, it was a crazy back and forth. Like the Steelers hadn't blown a fourteen point lead in forty years at home. Like creek. Some crazy stat like that. Can I make a new Super Bowl pick from the AFC since uh, we don't have to talk about my earlier one? Please make a case for a team other other than New England. Please. No, I was actually going to say I would just like to jump back on the Patriots bandwagon. Okay. Okay. You know, I'm I'm a Pats fan, but I'm also a football fan. Uh, My my Chargers pick was more of an out-of-the-box pick, kind of making a case for a team that's not the Patriots. I could see the Steelers just because they're really, really, really good. Um. There you go. That's a good <laughs> saber metrics right there. <laughs> really, really, really good. I I watched Moneyball today, and that's essentially the the defense for some of the prospects that the scouts were giving in the in the early parts of the movie. They're like actually- he's he's real, real good. And and, and then Billy Bean, who's obviously the the lead in the movie, is like, okay, then why isn't he hitting good? If if you're saying, well, well, his swing his swing looks real good. There's a real <laughs> there's a real zip on that ball when it leaves okay. the bat. I'll, I'll break it down some more. <laughs> I think that explain to me how the Chargers blow a, f- a sixteen-point lead at home if they're real, real, real good with all the talent that they have. Well, I think that we could probably say that they messed up right at the end, and that maybe they should have tied, gone to overtime. Who knows what would have happened? What do you mean tie? At, like at because at the end, like they drew them off sides three times, kept moving the kick in, moving the kick in, moving the kick in. So you're saying that they should have banked on him missing the kick? No, no, they should have. I mean, they the first time they hadn't gone off, they were like barely offside, and they blocked the kick. Right, but that well, that being offside clearly affected the kick. That's clearly why he missed because he had a guy in his face. No, I. <laughs> it was very close, but like uh, the first one was very close. Like the third one, by the third one, he was like a mile offside, and he he dove past the kick. He literally just he dove and watched the kick sail past him as he as he was airborne. <laughs> um, no, okay, but. I like I I mean obviously they've got Antonio Brown, James Conner, 
Ben Roethlisberger is a guy. Ben Roethlisberger. He made some great throws. Can I say this about Ben Roethlisberger? And you can you can judge me however you want, but Ben Ben Roethlisberger is the type of guy who I think that he gets his checks from the Steelers, and he goes to the bank and he trades them in for cash, and he just puts them in a suitcase and just buries them in his backyard. He's not a uh, he's not a credit card guy. You think? No. You think he owns a credit card? No. No, no, no. <laughs> everything, is, everything is through cash. All his plane tickets are booked through the team. That's it. He, he's completely off the grid. It's more just a sense of, like, I think that Ben Roethlisberger is, like, 100% lost without football. Like, I think that I imagine that he just, like, like, the day he retires, he would just not know what to do with himself. Do you think that he could one day replace Jason Witten as the Monday Night Football Analyst? Would who, who, do you think would, who do you think would have more color there? <laughs> oh, speaking, okay, I, I wanted to get into this, so I'm actually, I'm actually glad we're here. Jason Wynn tonight on Monday Night Football basically just ex- explained to America what it's like to have friends on your sports team. He was basically talking, he was going, he was, yup, you know, this, because they were talking basically that, that Zach Ertz and uh, Carson Wentz, they're friends. And he's like... Good for them. And he's like, yeah, so... Uh, you know, that really makes a difference. You know, Tony and I came into the league at the same time. You know, you get each other's numbers. You text sometimes. Sometimes, you know, it's late at night and you're thinking about a play and you just text your bud like, hey, like, what would you think about this cover option? Or like, how how would this route work? And and he, I, I honestly, like, I just felt bad. I just felt really bad, you know? I was like... This guy's actually explaining just, like he, what he a was, friend is. He he was new to the whole friends thing, because robots. I don't think they have the <laughs> capacity to have friends. <laughs> so I don't know. I think when he got to the NFL and a bunch of guys who are forced to be together and they're all paid to do the same thing and they're all you know and they're out there fighting through it and they're traveling together. I think there was. I think there was just. It was all new to him. Even though he played football growing up, clearly he didn't have any friends on his teams growing up, because that wouldn't have been such a fascinating thing to discover for him. The but, other thing, by the way, is that bizarre nonetheless. Booger and uh, Booger and Wit were at it again. Just update on that. Still hate each other. Yep, they they still do. It's the greatest <laughs> rivalry in sports. <laughs> they still hate each other. And also at the other side, it was pretty cold up there on the Booger Mobile tonight too. He had a scarf on. Hey, he, the, could, he could see his breath. The other the sad TV screen was probably fogging up on him. The other sad thing that Witten said is that at one point, like. Tess was like, said something was like, oh, like, you know, the fans are kind of mean or whatever. And Witten was like, and Witten was In like. Philly, you mean? Yeah. And Witten was like, not as bad as it is out there on Twitter. <laughs> and I was like, poor Jason, Jason. I can definitely see Jason Witten lying, like lying in bed. With his little phone light on, just reading through all the horrible things that people say on Twitter about him, <laughs> and like that's I, I don't like I can just picture him like really dwelling on the things that people say about him. I guess and yeah. I, I I do in that way I kind of do feel bad for him. He's okay. I agree with you that I think he is that kind of guy, but at the same time, I think that he's the kind of guy that also like wouldn't know how to write his own tweet. That like yeah. when he wants to tweet, when he's when he's like when he's he like, oh I have a great I have a great like yeah, he, response to this he's guy like, he's got to call his wife and he's like he's like all right honey like fire up the phone like let's get this out there the public needs to hear this right nope it never comes to fruition unfortunately well that's gonna that's gonna uh, conclude our first segment of football talk we'll still have a lot more right after this.
Hey, somebody has run out on the field. Some goofball in a hat and a red shirt. Now he takes off the shirt. He's running down the middle by the 50. He's at the 30. He's bare-chested and banging his chest. Now he runs the opposite way. He runs at the 50. He runs at the 40. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. The 20. They're chasing him. They're not going to get him. Waving his arms, bare-chested. Somebody stop Look that out. man. Look out. Here comes the blue coat. Oh, Kevin. they got him. Here comes They're coming the blue from the coat. left. Oh, and they tackle him at the 40-yard line. Oh, that was the most exciting thing to happen tonight. All right, welcome back to the Kyle and Kasnoff Show. I know we already talked about the Washington R-words, but I just wanted to read this Twitter string, which was uh, published since we had that conversation. Uh, ready? This is from Dan Steinberg. You might know him. I, I, I'm not aware. Well, I see him tweeting a lot. Okay. Basically, I'm said, not really active in the Twitter world. Yeah, well, okay. up your game. <laughs> All right. Okay, here it reads... Here are your updated Monday Night Football misery numbers since 1998. This is before tonight's game, actually. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. This is before tonight's game. Uh, since 1998, the Redskins are five for 25 wins, 22 losses on Monday Night Football. Uh, that's the worst Monday Night Football record in the, in the league over that time. Their points differential on Monday Night Football in that span is minus 305 points. Yeah. So... On average, they're outscored by more than 11 points. No other team has been outscored by more than 108, 148 points on Monday Night Football in that time. So they're twice as bad. Uh, oddly, they're better away from home. They're 4-6 and six, uh, as opposed to 1-16 and tw- 16 at home. Uh, and the last one is that since 2008, they've lost six Monday Night Football games by at least 17 points. Do you want to guess how many blowouts of the same size there have been in that span? How many did you say that that the Redskins were a part of? Uh, six. Uh, ten. It says 52 such. 52? I don't think that's only Monday Night Football, though. Oh, yeah, yeah, because I, I was thinking, like, 52 Monday Night Football, like, that's a lot. I was like, that's basically <laughs> every week. Yeah, right. <laughs> Especially since that one since 2008. Basically, the point is they're really bad. Let's talk about Mike McCarthy. Yeah, so the Packers, um, in a move that I think everyone saw coming, um, re- uh, released, relieved, I guess is the right word, Mike McCarthy of his duties after 12 seasons, nine playoff appearances, one Super Bowl. That seems like forever ago, but it did happen. Um, and one 35-year-old quarterback that I guess now is... is Maybe his body language can improve now because he sure looked disinterested out there on Sunday in that brutal loss to the Cardinals. Can I just say this, actually? I think that if you losing to this year's Arizona Cardinals is grounds for immediate removal regardless of your resume. So you think if Bill Belichick lost to the Cardinals at home, he'd be fired? I'm not saying I think he would. I say I think he should. Really? It, this if next week if Belichick lost to the Cardinals at home, he should be fired. Even on a team that's nine, that would then be nine and four. It's more about the <laughs> optics of losing to a team that bad at home. They're really bad. They are really really bad. The Cardinals are. We, I, you know what? I don't even want to spend another minute talking about them because again, like as much as I love them, you know, talk to me in April. So the, <laughs> when's draft time? Right. Exactly. The Packers. Yeah, so basically, like, 
I want to know. How, I want to know what your opinion is on this firing. Do you think that because a lot of people, namely Tony Dungy, he was he was pretty amped up on on Football Night in America about how they should have given him at least until the end of the season. Troy Aikman said that he didn't get a fair shake. Exactly. What do you think? I think that you've got a quarterback who has only got so many years left in him. I think that this has been brewing for a long time. Green Bay is very good at keeping things under wraps. So the fact that we're only learning about it now means that it's probably really at a head, if that makes sense. Well, yeah, it's at the head where they actually did did finally release him. Yeah, no, I know. But I mean, like, it. I think that tension has been an all-time high, be- obviously, but like, I think that it's been it's probably a lot worse than it's been before, and I think that you have to do something that's going to maximize Aaron Rodgers. I mean, remaining what I is mean, it? He's he has. I think Mark McCarthy single handedly squandered yeah. the prime years of Rodgers' career. But I still think he's got three good years left at least. Yeah, I'd say I, w- I would give him that. So I I think you have to essentially you what, know use like maximize what you have left of Rodgers. What I'm worried about when it comes to the uh the Packers is not even it's not really Rogers it's what's around Rogers I think that I think that they need more see like it seemed like to me that that the Packers had found their running game in Aaron Jones a very yeah. ta- a really talented runner he's been good they have receivers um they have a, t- a talented tight end they have some Jimmy good Graham. receivers Jimmy Graham's has not he's he has like four targets this season. Right, he's just not really yeah. he's just not really involved in it, and I think that will change when you bring in a new yeah. coach. He did have eight receptions on Sunday, which is uh, a hopeful sign for what he, like potentially they could use. I'm not saying he's a bad future. player. I'm saying a change of system is required. I agree. It's critical. I agree. Now, do you think that Rodgers would rather remain in Green Bay learning this new system inevitably or would mm. you rather or would he rather just go to a place like I don't know what's the place with the QB opening potentially next season. New York. Would you rather go to New York and learn that system instead? Why would he? Let me po- let me let me ask someone. Let me pose this to you. You're about to enter the highest earning years of your entire life. Why would you move to the most expensive place in America? Um. You see, you always bring that up, and I think that literally does not matter at all. <laughs> I w- I wouldn't. <laughs> Because he doesn't even like he doesn't even have to live there. He he can stay in Wisconsin. Like, like I I think that Aaron Rodgers it's, it's negligible. Very clearly, given that how much he will make, it is negligible how much the cost of living is. I I, I think that you. he clearly wants to stay in Wisconsin because he bought into the NBA team there. He can buy it. He can buy an apartment in Newark and live there on the cheap. Like you know, like he doesn't have to spend that much money. Like again, the Giants are based in New Jersey. Like he doesn't have to live in Manhattan. You know. <laughs> I just, I don't know. He's got a life. You know, Danica's there, presumably. I don't know. Um, I mean, yeah, but it's it's also Wisconsin. Like, really? New York, Wisconsin. New York, Wisconsin. Eh, seems like a pretty obvious choice to me. Sorry to those of you who live in Wisconsin. I'm sorry. Like, if you're why would Aaron Rodgers. Why would he go to New York where they have no offensive line? Um, because he has Saquon Barkley. He has Odell Beckham Jr. He has. Who you said? And it's not, the Giants. It's the Giants. You man. said you said Odell's not even that good. You said Odell got paid like a hundred million dollars because of one catch. One catch, and and that is true. He literally has really. He really as talented as he is. He really hasn't done anything since then. That was four years ago. Really hasn't done it. He went on a boat. He got really high and went on a boat. 
right before a playoff game, and they've done nothing since then. I believe they're like seven and twenty-eight since that since that infamous photo was taken, and he's still getting paid like he's something special. And I really don't think that he is because he really hasn't done anything since that one catch. I don't know. I, if I'm Rogers, numbers, numbers. I don't know. Okay, but my next question, by the way, is when it comes to coaching, why would I rather go to New York? Again, I'm just saying. Yeah. I'm just saying it's New York. He clearly, again, Green Bay fired the quarterbacks coach without consulting Rodgers. Clearly, clearly, there has been tension ever since then. McCarthy's gone. I get that. Say, say they don't consult Rodgers for whoever they hire as the permanent head coach next season. I don't know. Maybe maybe Rodgers walks then. Again, it's New York. Everyone wants to play for New York. Like it's just a, it's just a thing. I don't know. Everyone My question just... is, who do you think is going to come in? Who do you um, think have the job? I think. I think it's down to I think Bruce Arians is in consideration at least. He's probably the best coach on the market right now. Is Bruce Arians considering them? Um, I think he will if they give him an offer that he cannot refuse. Again, what else is he doing? He's he's being he's a featured analyst on on the fourth string Fox Sunday hey, game. You know, he's, he's sixty three <laughs> and he's retired. I, I think Bruce Arians is a guy who wants to get who kind of like what you said about. Ben Roethlisberger, how you don't know what he'll do. I, I think Bruce Arians is a guy who needs... I think Bruce Arians probably wakes up and like gets drunk at like starting at like 1 p.m., but only like Thursday through Sunday because like he's still like a like a hardworking man. Like he's not, like he's, I'm not calling him an alcoholic. Like very, I want to make that very clear. It's just like... He, <laughs> that sounds like an alcoholic yeah, habit that he, like, they are giving to him. No, no, no. Like he's just... <laughs> look, it's the weekend. You know, he's retired. Like why not, why not have a few? I, I think Bruce Arians is a guy who, I don't know, he just lives for the adrenaline rush that is coaching a football team. And especially yeah. in a place like Green Bay, where the spotlight is going to be a lot heavier than it would have been in, in Arizona. In, in Arizona. Um, you're going to have a lot of primetime games, especially if Aaron Rodgers stays. There's going to be that spotlight on you. And I think that I think that Bruce Arians is a guy who lives for that kind of spotlight. I think he would be great, but I he said he only wants the Browns job. Who... In, who... If I was offered today the head coaching job for the Cleveland Browns, I would probably turn it down. I think that the I think that who Bruce, who would ever ha- pick that as the only job that they would take? I think Bra- I think Baker. I think Bruce wants Baker. I would also want Aaron too. I think the Packers are closer to Super Bowl than the Browns are personally. Um, hey, what if I mean what if Bruce Arians just likes Rust Belt cities? He spent a long time in Indianapolis. I mean, he did spend a lot of time in India, but then he also went to Arizona, the opposite of a Rust Belt city. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> um, and Green Bay is very much a Rust Belt city. Is it a Rust Belt city? I would Could not say so. That? Wisconsin? It's much too cold and snowy. Well, I mean, we are in the middle of the Rust Belt, and, and, and look outside. Are we? Oh, yes. We are literally... This is... Where we are standing now is literally, like, if you look up on Wikipedia Rust Belt, a picture of Clinton, New York, will probably come up <laughs> because <laughs> because we are we are right there in the middle of everything. We are in between Utica and Syracuse. Those are like two of the biggest places that were on the major decline since then. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think I think Arians would take it if 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 they offer him. Say they offer him eight years, ninety million dollars to coach the Packers. Why would they give him that much term? Because because you're a coach. Like your body's not going to wear down. They'll wheel you out there in a wheelchair if you can call the plays. I don't, think, I don't think age matters. Like, it's, it's more up to him, I'd say. 
Um, I mean, Belichick's what sixty eight now. Yeah, like, that's like, true. He, Pete Carroll's he's not old getting any too. younger. Carroll's in his seventies. Um, it doesn't really matter how old you are if you're if you're still sharp. If that football mind's going, um, I, I don't know. I I think I think it's a realistic possibility. Other than that, I don't really know who else is on the market. I mean, I'm thinking like guys like I don't know. Jeff Fisher's been out of a job for a little while. Um, mm. He's he's been there before. I mentioned Don John De, John DeFilippo. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Is that how you pronounce his last name? Yeah. I'm going to run with it. But I think I think he's more of a candidate for the Browns job because I think I think that I don't know. I just Here's my question. I think guy. that Mike McCarthy's a hot commodity. I think that there's going to be a lot of people lined up for him, namely the Browns. He could go Cleveland. I don't see that happening though. <laughs> Based on how how it it ended with him and Rodgers. I don't see him as the quarterback guru that the Browns need right now. Why don't they put? Why don't they send like? Why doesn't Arizona try to get McCarthy or like the Jets? Um, I mean, like, because I just don't think McCarthy's that good of a coach. I don't know. <laughs> like, I, 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 I don't, I don't see teams lining up to get him at the moment. I guess I, I think, like, he did win a Super Bowl and he's he's taking him to playoffs, but he's he's he's. Coached the most talented quarterback to ever live, I guess, and that and that is what that is what has carried him, as well as the fact that the Packers do not have an owner, as as previously pointed out, and you know making huge decisions like firing the coach is not necessarily a one man job. It's not a it's not a one man decision. It's not as easy as the owner waking up and getting out of bed and saying, "I want to I want to fire the coach," because they just don't have that person in power. So it's it, it's a lot harder. And it's definitely taking the Packers' job and pointing out to why why Arians might want the Packers over the Browns. It's definitely a much more stable position than the Browns' head coaching job historically has proven to be. Either way, it'll be interesting to see. Um, we have let's jump around a little bit. We have time for maybe like one or two more before we jump into college football here to end the show. Let's let's see. Uh, well, I think we want to talk about about some of the the bad news in the NFL. Bad news in the NFL. Bad news in the NFL. Namely, Kareem Hunt, last, and, year's, last year's rushing leader. Well, there's someone else we might want to talk about, too. Uh, Ruben Foster. Yeah, we might want to talk about him. Does the NFL have a problem? <laughs> yes. And you know what their problem is? As, uh, as your friends over at WEI pointed out, the NFL cares far more about the possibility of slightly deflated balls in a blowout than they care about assault, basically. Yep, and once again, the NFL has proven that it that TMZ has more power when it comes to obtaining hotel surveillance footage <laughs> than they do. Um, they clearly they knew the video was out there, and reports are out that they did not want to see it, even though they probably could have obtained it had they tried their hardest. Uh, I actually read that I read that they wouldn't release it to and to anyone who wasn't law enforcement. Well, they did release it to TMZ. Someone got it to TMZ. <laughs> so for some, I bet for some cash, TMZ pays. Right, and I think the NFL just didn't want to pay whatever money TMZ. They were definitely aware of the money that TMZ was paying. I don't think that the NFL is a lot. I don't know if like if the NFL really could do that. I don't know. I don't know how. I, I'm just thinking if TMZ could get it, the NFL clearly could have gotten it. I agree. Um, I mean, like I like we don't have to get super political here in discussing the events that happened. Obviously, a terrible look for all parties involved. Yeah, um, pretty tough. Uh, the, though none look worse, I should say, than Dan Snyder. Um, why is that? 
Why would he pick up Reuben Foster? He obviously oh, was going to go unclaimed. Okay, okay, but also like people people say that, but again, the team is named the Washington Redskins. Clearly, PR is not their strong suit. They are literally named after a stereotypical skin tone of a minority in America. <laughs> like that that is not that is not a team that cares about stuff like this. And at the end of the day, if Reuben Foster can can get you closer to W's on the field. But he can't He's even gonna play. Get He's going to get a job. He can't even play. Well, I mean, he can play next year. Maybe. 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 <laughs> that maybe is enough for the Redskins to sign him. Um, it's just like... And I assure you, Kareem Hunt will get a job in the next year. I assure you. I think that's true. I think Kareem Hunt will be back. Because it's not like, it's not like the Ray Rice thing, where A, the violence was a lot more severe in the video and also ray rice was a was an older running back at the tail end of his career who was no longer effective or worth a spot on a roster based on the baggage that he came with kareem hunt is a 23 year old who in in one year in the league led the league in rushing and i think the nfl is a league that again if you have enough talent they will find a spot for you on an nfl roster um it doesn't even matter of you know how bad like the the things that you know he did were I th- I think that he, I think that he'll find a spot on a roster and it shows the NFL is is not close to you know answering all these questions about problems with domestic violence and st- and stuff of that nature drug issues off the field. Well, you you actually correctly pointed out that that while obviously we're, no one is justifying Kareem Hunt's actions. It's actually not domestic violence. It's that, not, it's, that was it, just it's a been, random lady. It has that, been it has been incorrectly called an act of domestic violence. She was the two were not in an intimate relationship together. She just happened to be a woman, a groupie who they were with. Um, so again, stay away from the groupies, guys. It usually doesn't end well for you. Um, Though just to be clear, assault is not really a better look. It's just. A it, more accurate it, it, characterization. It's just yes. It was just an. It was it was incorrectly defined as as a as a continuing as another example of the continuing issue of domestic violence in the NFL. Reuben Foster is is an example of that. I would not call this an issue of domestic violence. Still, obviously, a terrible look. So yeah, it wasn't a great weekend for. Uh, this is a real cheery note. It wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't a great weekend for the NFL. I'd say. But uh, you know what? Our last NFL NFL note here has to be. The absolutely bonkers Giants Bears game. Let's let's break it down. We have to break it down. Okay, I saw the stat line. This game included a 57-yard field goal, a touchdown pass from a wide receiver, a touchdown pass from a halfback, a pick six by a linebacker on the first play of the game, a one-handed interception from that same linebacker, an onside kick recovery, a backup quarterback, overtime. Four Chicago fumbles recovered by themselves. Hard to do. And finally, a defensive tackle scoring the first rushing touchdown since William Refrigerator Perry in Super Bowl XX. <laughs> okay? That is a that is a memorable game if I've ever seen one. The stats were absolutely wild. And I think the best stat of the day was that the number of... Okay, so... It, Odell Beckham Jr., number of 40-plus-yard touchdown passes thrown this season, two. Eli Manning, zero. <laughs> that is crazy. And that, that is a crazy stat. Hey, that- we said this a few weeks ago. Giants have their quarterback of the future. They do. And he looked 
Like, I, I he looked horrible. Everything but the throw looked horrible. He was, like, moving forward. He His feet weren't on the ground. He kind of just flicked his wrist. But apparently he has, he has incredible arm strength, and he's, he was still a bit of to fling it 40 yards down the field. He, I, I don't know how he did it. Here's what I'll say, actually, which is that, like, all the time – no, I shouldn't say all the time because it doesn't happen often. But when, like, non-quarterbacks throw the football – we are reminded just how hard it is to play quarterback in the NFL. Right. Because it looks so, so, so bad. Right, exactly. Like, and even when a bad quarterback throws the football, it still looks infinitely better than, like, than like when Julian Edelman's out there. And, like, he played in college. Yeah, and I think that what's, what's also important to point out is that the Bears, again, they were playing with a backup quarterback, a quarterback who... They didn't even have enough confidence to give him the ball on the last possession of the game. Chase Daniel. <laughs> Chase Daniel. They call the trick play. Tariq Cohen threw the game-tying touchdown pass with, as as the clock expired. Pretty crazy. And not an easy throw, too. The guy was covered. Like, clearly, like, the play didn't work out as expected. It was, it was kind of looking like a Philly special kind of a play. But that first option did end up being open. So they had to throw it actually into the end zone, into coverage. <laughs> but he still completed it. Pretty crazy. But yeah, I, I completely agree. And, and granted, like the the two touchdown passes. Chase Daniel that did, did win though, so let's give him credit where credits due. He won he versus did, the Lions. He did get a win. He did get a win against the Lions. Granted, it, it is the Lions. Well, I mean, it's not like he really went to tougher competition. I mean, I, I mean, I guess, but it. Yeah, I mean, he did a little bit. It, it's also crazy. Like we should throw in the Patriots here, like just for one sec. The only NFC North team to beat the Patriots this year are the Lions. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Mm-hmm. The three losses that they have are the Lions, the Titans, and the Dolphins. And the Dolphins. No, no, no. Did they lose the Dolphins? Yep. No, no, the Jags. Sorry, the Jags. The Jaguars. Jaguars. The Jags. Just as bad. Actually, that's definitely, actually, that's probably worse. The yeah, same I, Jags who won 6-0 today against the Colts, or obviously yesterday. Sunday. It, it is now Monday. Tuesday. Oh, Tuesday as of as of release. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, like, again, I'll throw in some more about the pages here as we close our NFL segment. They, in the chaos that has become the AFC, especially since this Steelers loss on Sunday night here, the Patriots are just doing their thing. They're 9-3. and three, They're rolling. And they're poised to go back to yet another Super Bowl. And they're rolling towards another first-round bye. Yep. I mean, obviously that that will come first. Yep. And then, they'll, then the Chiefs or the Steelers will probably lose early. And they'll play... I would say either a Houston or, or or an LA Chargers in the AFC Championship at home win by two touchdowns, go to the Super Bowl. Maybe they lose, maybe they win, but they'll be there again. Um, and then honestly, you could just picture this: a little bit of an underrated season, still win a Super Bowl. Tom Brady goes out on top with Belichick arm in arm. Honestly. I don't know if that's true. I think Belichick wants to stay. And then they bring in Mike McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers, and we just have Green Bay <laughs> Green Bay East. <laughs> Who knows? It's it's not out of the realm of possibility. But that's going to do it here for our NFL talk. When we get back, it's, it's all college football. It'll be brief, but it's important that we get to it. Bull season is soon upon us. Stay tuned. It's nothing. I mean, I think we just have to stay humble, you know. And <laughs> we got to make sure we know how to handle success and all those things uh, so we can't change who we are. All right, welcome back to the Kyle and Kastanoff Show. We're talking college football. Playoff is out. It's Oklahoma versus Alabama. Mm -hmm. Go Sooners. And it's Clemson-Notre Dame. 
And honestly, I don't. I actually wanna... just hate all the teams involved. I was actually gonna say I don't want either team to win. I don't want anyone to win. I want, I want there to be Texas. I want them to say, I want them to like come out tomorrow and be like, oh, sorry, you know, we got this wrong. We're actually gonna have all the teams that shouldn't be in it be in it, namely Washington State, namely Texas, LSU, teams, LSU, maybe UCF. Throw the, throw them a bone, put them in. Um, yeah, because I, I don't want I don't want anyone to win here. This is a. <laughs> well, no, I'd be fine with the Sooners actually. But I, I'm just a huge Texas fan, so seeing Oklahoma win, granted it'll be a different team winning because I, I don't, I've never seen in my like of all the college championships that I've that I've witnessed in my lifetime, the only non-Alabama Clemson winner that I can recall is Florida. It's the only one that I can recall. LSU won before Florida did, but ever since LSU, I think they last won in 07. Yes, and I believe that was right before Florida won. Um, that was a Matt Flynn. Matt Flynn. Yep, that's this is true. I, I I'm gonna look up right now college football champions, because honestly I cannot remember a non. Uh, obviously Clemson won that one year, but I other than that I can't remember a non-Alabama win. That it's I've boring. Seen. Let me see BCS BCS because because obviously it's because di- like it's different. Like if you look up college football national championship, um, you might get UCF. BCS exactly. Um, oh no, that's false. I remember Florida State won. I do remember that. Give us that, years. That was Jameis Winston. 2013 Florida State won. Yep. 2012 Alabama. 2011 Alabama. Auburn won in 2010. I do remember that. Cam Newton. And they beat uh, Oregon. I, I do remember that. That Is was it? a good game. Um, 2010 Alabama again. Then it was Florida, LSU, Florida, Texas. And then obviously it's kind of different. I'd like a there. non-SEC team to win. Is that too much to ask for? Um. Yes, it is because I think that we should. We might as well eliminate the first two games and just say at BCS, do to crunch your numbers. My question is why Clemson, isn't it Alabama. just the SEC championship game? Because that's what it is. Well, I mean, Clemson, I mean, you have Clemson, they're not SEC. But they might they're as ACC. well be. They're in the South. I mean, they recruit from the same pool of players, essentially. They might as well be in the SEC. Um,. I think if the SEC could swap out South Carolina for Clemson, they would. Of course, <laughs> you know. Um, Dude, they, I bet they would give like they would give a Mississippi for for Clemson. I mean, I mean, Ole Miss is a staple. South Carolina is irrelevant. <laughs> they don't need to be there. They don't add to add anything. Ole Miss is a staple, but the way they're playing these days, like, pretty bad. I mean, I mean, they've had their their head coaching trouble. They haven't had a, like a, a steady quarterback. I mean, we don't have to get into Ole Miss here. Like, a, who would have thought? <laughs> who would have thought the words Ole Miss would have come up on, on tonight's show? But here we are. Um, yeah, I, I think that honestly, like, I don't like Notre Dame being in because I think it's unfair. And I said this to you earlier. I think it's unfair that Notre Dame gets in having not put their record on the line at the end of the season in a conference championship game the way Georgia had to, because I think that Georgia. Honestly, if you put Georgia versus Notre Dame, I think Georgia wins that game. But because it was unfortunate because, like, in that SEC, SEC championship game, Alabama was then one, Georgia was then four. And you knew that one of them was going to lose, and whoever lost was not going to make it. Um, even if it was Alabama, there were people who were saying that if Alabama lost, they wouldn't have been considered be- because they hadn't really beaten anyone all year. Aside from that one LSU game, they hadn't really beaten anyone. If, if Alabama had lost, they would have been out. The fact that Notre Dame, being a non-conference-affiliated team, doesn't have to put their record on the line at the end of the season is 
it gives them no more credibility than UCF has in getting into the CFP. And I think, quite frankly, I think Georgia should be an over Notre Dame. I just don't like that they're on NBC every week. It just drives me nuts. It's definitely unique. I don't like their affiliation with the New York Yankees. That really bothers me. Um, but anything involving the Yankees usually does. The fact that they played <laughs> that Boston game in, boy. I fact, the fact that they played that game in pinstripes at, at Yankee Stadium really bugged me. I was actually in New York that day. Did they Very have crowded. posters? Very crowded. Also, three years ago, Notre Dame played BC at Fenway. All over the city of Boston, Notre Dame posters. Hanging up everywhere. Come watch <laughs> Notre Dame play at Fenway. All over the place. Boston's obviously the largest Irish city in the country. But they're playing BC at Fenway. Like, Maybe Notre Dame was technically like the home team, but like... What the heck is that about? Like, so, like, so, like, I hate, I hate Notre Dame even more for that. Um, but yeah, obviously, like, I don't really want anyone to win. Like, I, I don't want to see Clemson, Alabama again. I'd like to just say openly, I am rooting for Oklahoma. Okay, Kyler Murray. I'm rooting for those jerseys. Kyler is electric. Kick and play. He is electric. Honestly, I just want him to win a Heisman and the national championship. And just be like, all right, football, that was fun. Right, exactly. Like, I would just enjoy the narrative of he'd be that. A, he'd be a real trailblazer. Because the amount of kids growing up who play both football and baseball, because it's it's a, it, it's a pretty easy translation. Like, the seasons don't really overlap at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and the skill sets are generally, like, roughly the same. Um, like, kids, like, I don't know. Maybe if that does happen, and say he goes on to success in baseball... Which I think, which I hope he will, because I th- I think he's a he's a a tremendous athlete and a great kid. Um, I don't know, maybe more kids will will come out of college having great having had great football careers and just being like, no, nah, I'm, I'm gonna go play, I'm gonna go play baseball instead. Tebow it because often it's the other way around. Um, because baseball isn't isn't a sure thing because you know, I mean, you're drafted and then you get sent to single A. Often it's three four years in the minors before you're called up. In the NFL, you like you're an you, you're an instant star depending on when you're drafted yeah, but and how so, much time you get. So, something that I would say about baseball probably is that, like, your, your prop, I don't know, probability, but, like, the NFL, you could be done by 26. Right. Ba- baseball, if you make, you could make it to the big leagues at 27 and play for 13 years and make $400 million. I think it's just, it's the, I think football is the more glamorous sport. I guess it's the it's the it's the sport that you, I guess, I don't know. I think it's the sport that kids growing up like they feel like they're cooler if they're really good at football. Like the, like the I don't know the toughest guy in the block, and I I don't know. And it like the combination of that and the fact that you get to play immediately. I mean at the highest level. You know? I get that, but also like you are talking to a guy who like if I could be the best at any sport in the world, I think I would choose golf because like. It would just be fun. Yeah, I mean, it would be fun. And I like, think... I don't, I don't need the stadium as much as like that quality of life, like going down the Bahamas and winning a million dollars. Like, that's a pretty good feeling. I would much rather. I would much rather be the best at a team sport. I agree. I mean, I I do prefer team sports, but at the same time, if I'm just like, if I'm do, thinking about it like really analytically, like how long can my career be? How much money can I make? Like all this stuff, I think I would play golf. I just think that, like, the pros of being on a football team, like the camaraderie, yeah. you know, all that, I think you just don't really get from golf. So maybe I would play soccer. And, like, being a pro at football, you can still play a lot of golf. I'd probably play soccer. You know? 
Um, then maybe if, if I soccer would be that would be crazy. Like the lives of some of those like Premier League stars, absolutely insane. Like you literally run that country. Um, well, okay, um, not, not quite. I think you're thinking of like Spain or Italy, where that is true. Sure, Spain or Italy, sure. Like people, places with like weaker constitutions. <laughs> I mean, I guess we don't have to bash the governments of random European countries, but, but I mean, I I get where you're coming from. Either way, it's going to be an exciting bowl season. Texas made it into the Sugar Bowl. No, wait, Sugar Bowl, Sugar Bowl, and the Rose Bowl has Washington and Ohio State. Who's in the Tostito Bowl? I believe that is UCF and let me, let me I have to check it. Out. 2018 Fiesta Bowl. I I know it's UCF. I just don't know who they're playing. Maybe Auburn, maybe. No, that's probably wrong. Uh, LSU. I knew it was an SEC team. LSU. So that, that'll be a fun game. I just want to say, go control. I want, I want UCF to win that game and then declare the, the, and then, those and back-to-back, then, back-to-back, back-to-back champions. <laughs> I hope they never lose another game. Just win every year and they, every year they're just national champions. That'd be hilarious. Here's what I'd actually like to see from the college football committee. Them considering previous years. But it's not the same team. I just wanted the program evaluation because I w- if if uh, like because if UCF rolls up being thirty nine and zero in their last three years next year, how are they not going to let them in? Um, because they're UCF and they don't play anyone. They didn't play a single ranked team all year. I don't think. Why can't they get into a league? Is my next question. I don't really understand how the system works. Um. I don't really understand all that either, like league realignment. Obviously, like that was like four or five years ago. That was a big story, but obviously, like nothing's really happened since then. Yeah. Um, why a UCF couldn't move into say the SEC or the ACC for that matter? I don't really know what the like wh- why they wouldn't at this point. Being like, if they see their football team as being on par with an SEC or an ACC team, then I don't know why they wouldn't. Dude, I'm sure they're completely in the in the ACC. I mean, they definitely could. I, I think they could play in the ACC over like a Wake Forest. Like, why is Wake Forest in the ACC? What have they ever done <laughs> in any sport? You know, <laughs> just kind of, just kind of there. <laughs> in any sport, why does the school exist? Right. Why exactly? If you're not good at sports, why exist at all? Especially at the D1 level. Um, <laughs> but I, again, I, I, I go to Hamilton. We aren't exactly shining across all of the major sports that we have. Yeah. How'd you do this weekend? Um, we don't, we don't really have to get into that. Um. For those of you who don't know, I I do play on a varsity sport here in Hamilton. I'm a Division One athlete. <laughs> I'm a Division One athlete. Yeah, actually, you're one of Hamilton's like only a handful of D1 athletes. Exactly. I'm so I'm one of the few. I'm a D1 athlete. I'm, I play on the squash team. We had a tough we had a tough loss this weekend against Western against the University of Western Ontario. Um, it turns hey. out it really isn't in the west of Ontario. I looked it up. All the cool kids just call it Western. I didn't know that it existed, so I, I, I mean, sure, call it Western, sure. All I'm saying is maybe— But they're the best team in Canada. Maybe make some more Canadian friends. Clearly, I, I should have, because maybe if I had, they would have taught me how to play squash, and <laughs> I, I could be as good as those Canadian players were. Should be said, those guys, I think the toughest matches they play are probably the challenge matches. <laughs> probably. I don't see any team beating them. They're that good. And they're all Canadian, too. Like, they're literally all Canadian, which is interesting, because like, a team like Trinity— which is the best American team? Yeah, I know. Like most of their players are Egyptian, so like I, I don't know. Like well, maybe they need. To, maybe if they took Canadians. These are wild times indeed. But let me say this: if we're talking about squash, it's time for us to get out of here. So thank you very much for joining us on this edition of the Kyle and Kasnoff Show. We really appreciate you listening.